What's up, guys? Welcome What's that? back. We're back after WrestleMania. Got a got a special guest tonight. Uh, my my good buddy Ashton. I've uh, known him for a while. We used to work some uh, basketball games together. Back for the South Carolina Warriors. Uh, he's 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 good on his wrestling. He knows his sports. So it'll it'll be a good good little shake up to what we've been doing. Uh, yeah, can so going on. Me on this line that I got connected here. Can you hear me, BJ? Yeah, buddy, I'm good. I can certainly hear you, and it's the worst day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Mr. Sasha Banks. That's real good, Mr. Sasha Ooh. Banks. Oh, coming coming out swinging early, aren't we? Hey, first of all, guys, we just want to tell y'all thank y'all so much for the, you know listening to us and podcast. Um, like you, if you can go to YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Um, also, thank you to all the doctors and nurses with all this crazy mess going on right now. If we give you some kind of break from what you're having to deal with at the hospitals and stuff, right now we just want to tell you thank you for what you're doing for everybody in the world. Thank you for it all. And I would personally like to welcome Ashton. It's the first time I get to meet the guy. I've texted with him a couple times on Facebook. He seems like he's knowledgeable, more knowledgeable than Kenny, but we yeah. shall see. That's, so, not a, that's not a high bar to accomplish, but I, I agree. think I know myself. I hope so, buddy. But uh, what we're going to do for y'all today, fans, we're just going to break down some WrestleMania matches, uh, pretty much the whole card. It was a two-day affair. It was amazing. Some of it, let me rephrase that. It's a bunch of, most of it was amazing. Some of it was terrible. But yeah, for everything considered, you know, everything considered, I honestly believe it was a, a great WrestleMania considering all the obstacles and stuff that everybody had to go through to put on this show. So pretty much the best outcome possible they, they could have hoped for, given – yeah. The circumstances and everything that they had to had to deal with, um, obviously no no crowd and you know there was there was a lot of uh, from for me as a fan I wish they would have probably advance the storytelling in a few matches a lot a lot better than they did, but yeah. I've got got my notes here and we can go all through it chronologically if you guys if you guys will oblige. Well, buddy, you are the guest, and Kenny, what do you say? We just let him just, you know, let him start off, and he can give us a little impromptu, and you never know. He could have a recurring row after every pay-per-view if he would like. Yeah, yeah we'll, see. we'll see what's going on. So, yeah, Ashton, uh, let's go through your notes, and, and we'll talk about match by match. If, the, if there's a match or so we don't really care about, we'll just kind of skip over it. But take us down the list, and let's, let's start it off. WrestleMania day one. Let's go, so, baby. Day one, match one, was for the women's tag title match, the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka Kyrie Sane against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Uh, I have it down here. Pretty solid opener. Nothing spectacular. Nothing so bad that it caught my attention. Um, one thing I'll say about this is, you can definitely tell that they were working this match as if there were still people there. Oh, it was yeah. Almost, yeah. It was almost as if that they had talked, you know, a week or two before they announced WrestleMania was going to be in front of no people that, okay, let's go through this spot, this spot, and this spot. And just some of the mannerisms, especially from Nikki Cross, indicated that they just went in there with their original plan and changed. Yes, yeah. I've seen right there on the – 
on the over there trying to clap, trying to get the crowds like, what, what is, what is, what is she doing? There's nobody there to clap. There's nobody there to clap. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you can definitely tell Oscar and Kyrie are the more polished workers of yes. of, of that foursome, and they're they're probably used to working in front of front of very little fans. They have well, more see, experience doing doing that. Well, see, the thing I've learned also too through the years of wrestling, and everything I watched is. Over in Japan, they don't say a word when they're wrestling. The only time they do anything is like when there's a great move or something like they'll stand up and they'll clap because they very, they're very quiet toward the end. They're yes. very quiet. So, and the thing I really enjoyed myself was, you know, Cyrus, the Kabuki Wars kind of, they holler in Japanese where I don't understand a single word they say, but it tickles the crap out of me. That is oh, so yeah. great. I love it. So uh, my brother actually lives in Japan and knows quite a bit of Japanese because he works for Honda, so he has to communicate with a lot of a lot of leaders in Japanese. I sent him a promo the other day of Asuka doing her spiel on Raw one night, and he said, "Dude, there was about fifteen cuss words in that in that promo." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I guess they can get away with That's it over funny. here in America. They're not putting the subtitles up on up on. No, the there's definitely no I subtitles. But there was there's one spot in particular that I want to mention. Um, there was the spot where Kyrie Sane or some, Kyrie Sane came off the top with the elbow and dropped it across Nikki Cross's back or whatever. Yeah. And then Oscar yeah. kind of got her in the Oscar lock, and then Alexa Bliss comes off the top rope and does her <laughs> Bliss onto her. Meanwhile, but Oscar is like laying on top of Nikki Cross, and Cross is like directly under her. If Alexa Bliss did not weigh 90 pounds, Nikki Cross would have died. Oh, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. that. yeah, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And mean, that's how they done the pinfall. That know, is that, true. I, yeah. That's how they did the pinfall. I'm like, if anybody should have got pinned, it should have been Nikki Cross. But Did you see, did you see she, hit the, she hit her move across Kyrie's knees? Yeah. And not <laughs> Like, that should have done more damage to Alexa. It's got to be hard, though. I mean, when you're when you're used to performing in front of thousands and thousands of people, and then to basically be there in front of the cameras and try to, I mean, I, they still put on a, a good show, you know, all together. But it's just it's got to be really hard to try to do it without people there, you know? Yeah, yeah. They, they worked they worked hard. I still want to see a little more character development from Bliss and Cross as a team. But. Bliss is great, but Cross, she's got she's she's new. You know what I'm saying? I know she's probably been wrestling a bunch in the independence and stuff like that, and she come up through NXT, but she's still she's still new. She's still learning. You know that's why some of these guys. She still has a lot of her elements of her character from when she was with Sanity, and, yeah, and hasn't really changed any of them. But again, she she's a still a solid worker. You know, it's not bad to look at either. So can't complain. There. <laughs> um, so. Solid match for the opener. Um, the next one, Baron Corbin and Elias. The only thing I have down written for my notes is if you put people in this building and there would still not have been a, any noise made during this match, I could not have cared less. I, the only thing I'm going to say about this match is Baron Corbin is a great heel. Plain and simple, cut dry. Give the man these due. Poor Elias, he can't catch a break. You know, every time I love, I love Elias though. I love, I love Elias too, but the man, for some reason, they don't want to give him a decent push. It's like when they start to give him a decent push, 
something happens. Either he gets hurt. He he's just he's got the black cat syndrome. You know, because this was going to be a good push for him with Baron. Because Baron Corbin is probably one of the top three heels in WWE. He couldn't ask for a better person to be wrestling against to get heat and get get over get him over. Because Baron Corbin can get anybody over. And I think I'm going to start wrestling. He'd get me over. But I that's just my. Opinion. I think he'd get you over the top, bro. But he can get you over. <laughs> The one thing I will say about this is, didn't a week or so prior, or two days prior, Baron Corbin threw Elias off the stage? And yes, the, the, the scaffold. The, the scaffold. The only bit of selling Elias had from that beating was he had a little bit of that dock tape on his shoulder. Yeah. Like, you, you couldn't wrap him in any kind of like white plastic, like white tape or anything yeah. around his body. You couldn't have him limp to the ring to sell that even just a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, they, I don't think. Or at least could have came out with a. He could have came out with like a neck brace on, faking a neck injury or something from it, yeah. or something. They don't. They don't. But see, they don't do that no more. I remember back in the day, you know, you'd see Ric Flair get beat the crap out of Ricky Morton in NWA, and he'd carry a, He'd have his whole face plastered up for like three weeks straight. You I know, remember. I remember hearing in ECW one time they did an angle where Sandman got blinded and he literally did not leave his house for like six weeks. Yeah, I know. He, he wanted everyone to believe it. Yeah, and they just don't they don't do that no more. And that's I blame the WWE on that because they just don't push that no more. They don't push the selling part to the next night anymore. So, but go ahead, because there, there's there's a lot more to get to, and that, that is, is. <laughs> a lot more to get to. So, uh, the next one, Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch, Mrs. <laughs> Becky Lynch, to you, against Shayna Baszler. Y'all go I, ahead and say what you got to say. You and Kenny, y'all go ahead. Then, I, then I'm going to preach. Y'all go ahead. I am Becky Lynch's biggest fan, more than likely, so. Yes, you are, yes. And I will be the first one to admit this was largely underwhelming. Very, yeah. very underwhelming. I it, wasn't a good, it wasn't a good match. It, it, I mean, it was it good, but it, it could have been better. It wasn't terrible. Um, I wrote down here, having a, a custom big rig with no audience is pointless. I think I they mean, were, That was dumb. I think I they, were, they had already probably paid for that for when, if there was going to be and if it was going to be in front of people, which probably would have been cool in front of a live crowd, but with nobody there, it just, uh, um, I mean, my biggest question is where does Shayna go from here? Um, yeah. if you got watched raw last night, you know, you saw the, the post-match promos that they all cut, you know, Becky, Becky did her typical raw, raw speech and Shayna basically just repeated the whole line, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, and basically tells Becky that she's going to feel her wrath now that she's been yeah. defeated. Yeah. All right, Kenny, you go ahead and say what you had to say last night on Facebook so I can reboot you, rebuke re- re- you. No, I, I get what everybody's saying, you know, it's better for the bit, but they spent so much time trying to build Shane up to be in this, you know, Nobody can beat her. Oh, no, 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 no. She's the, she's the next one. And then you just have her lose to Becky. And I get Becky's hot right now. I get Wait, it. It I ain't. Get, the, but, but it ain't that she's hot. Here's the thing. People are getting people are getting tired. Like get, they're just 
It's, it's the same old stuff just being pushed down our throats. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I know you say push down, push down. Like, we'll get to the other one later on down the line. But this is what I'm going to tell you about Miss Miss Lynch. Becky Lynch. Here's the thing. Right now we're in a coronavirus. We really can't do nothing. Can't go nowhere. When this crap gets over with in about a month, who they who you think they want to put out there going doing talk shows and you know being out in front of people? You want to have that thing? No offense to her. No offense. You want that thing who could probably beat the hell out of me, but you want that thing, or you want Becky Lynch? She's a butt kicker. She can handle her business stuff like that. But she's also she can go sit down and do an interview at ESPN. What's she going? What's Shannon Baszler going? She going to turn around and eat somebody on ESPN? She might. Come, come on, man. I mean, I agree with you. She's not the best looking thing. I mean, but even if they want to promote the Becky Lynch, doesn't need a title to promote WWE. She doesn't. I agree. I agree with you. But here's what I'm telling you. Right now, you want your titles on people who are going to perform, who are going to work. No offense. She's not somebody you want to put it on right now because she, she's just, I don't know how she's, all she's done is cage fighting. She's Ronda Rousey 2.0. At least she can wrestle a little bit better than Ronda Rousey. Yeah. But she's not Ronda Rousey. She ain't got no notoriety or nothing right now. Nobody knows her. So you, she, Becky put her over, made her look good. I wish she quit moving that dag on camera right now because it's killing my head. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you got to think business wise. You can't be a Mark Kenny. You run a podcast. You're on a podcast. You can't uh, be a Mark, I, son. Uh, I get smart. it, but I I personally am tired of Becky Lynn. I'm not. I'm not. I, I, Ashley, I know you love her, Ashley. Ain't, I, nothing, I ain't nothing wrong with I'm her, is I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm tired of her. She's tired of her. I know something's My wife, Kenny. I know, <laughs> I know. So this is, I mean, I, I hate the word buried. It's thrown around way too much. Um, Ask Triple H about being buried. He'll tell you about a, being buried. <laughs> is this a justifiable use of the word here? As opposed to another match we'll talk about here in a little bit, is this is that a justifiable thing? I I get it now. The buildup means absolutely nothing now that Becky has won. It meant, meant absolutely nothing. It means absolutely nothing now. But is this a a justifiable case where we can use the term buried? No, no, because Becky Lynch put her over. Becky Lynch made her look good. Still made her look dominant. You know, I like to see Shannon Baszler and Nia Jax go at it. That will be freaking amazing. Nia Jax did come back last night, so. Yeah, yeah she did. That's my girlfriend. My All girlfriend. right, so moving on here. Uh, intercontinental title match. Daniel Bryan against Sami Zayn. Should have oh. been a short sealer, but way too much. <sighs> way, way too much. It, I, if, I if they just took it serious, it'd have been a. Re- it could have been probably one of the best matches on WrestleMania. But Sami Zayn did his whole little circus act with Cesaro and Shinsuke, and it just kind of ruined the whole what could have been. I'm not gonna give this my breath. I'm not gonna talk about this match because I thought it sucked. I hate Sami Zayn. He is terrible. He used to be decent. He used to go there and he worked, but now he's turned into a meadly old Jim Cornette. That's what the hell he's turned into a Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette's my guy. You watch your mouth. So I'll hit you with a right. <laughs> One question here. One question. Is it just me or is Sammy Zane developing a little bit of a muffin top? 
He got a belly. He got that belly. But he has he hasn't really wrestled wrestled in like six seven months. I mean, all he's been the mouthpiece for Shinsuke for three or four months. I mean, he ain't really done nothing. He's a good wrestler. He just wrestled. Shut up and wrestle. I agree. So we'll move on from that. So the next one was the ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, fun from start to finish. Uh, very creative finish by John Morrison. Um, this was the first match, I think, where the lack of crowd, ambient crowd noise was oh, yeah. really felt uh, throughout throughout the show. With, with the crowd there and some of the spots they did would have just added just added to the match. And I will say, WWE, as soon as you can, book the triple threat match, ladder match, in front of people when you first can. Yep. Okay? At least, and at least now I can tell the Usos apart now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I agree. This, this, to me, this match was amazing to watch. John Morrison is a freak athlete. Him and the spots that him and Kofi had together, the oh, one man. where he jumped off the rope and Kofi caught him, man, that was just it was phenomenal. Just and all that phenomenal parkour spot. and all that parkour and John Morrison does is paid off. Um, I'm telling you, this I used to say nobody would ever be able to touch, you know, uh, the Dudleys, you know, Edgy Christian and the Hardy Boys. Nobody ever. To, this match, I cannot wait to see it again. When they have everybody there, you know, when when Xavier Woods comes back and he's part of there, and not Biggie, because bless Biggie's heart, he does not need to be in their ladders match. <laughs> he does not need to be in the ladders match. But how the rest that, of how did that one fall not kill Jimmy Uso? I have you know, no idea. You know, I don't know the fall I'm talking about. Yes, he, oh. he was up there and he was a good, like right smack middle of the ring. And it looked like he fell sideways off that off that ladder. Yes. Yeah, it didn't it didn't look comfortable at all. Did you guys see the most telling thing though that scared me to death more than anything? Did y'all see those great big old metal ceiling fans that are twirling around? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was like, don't raise your arms, you're gonna lose a arm. I just yeah. like I just knew somebody was gonna get hit by one of the ceiling fans. I was like, oh my god. But I agree, this, this match, like you said, Ashton, I agree with you a thousand percent here. As soon as you can, book this match in front of a crowd. It will be oh, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Mo moving on, grudge match of the year, Kevin Owens against Seth Rollins. Um, hopefully the feud's over now. This has been going on for quite a while. Um. Never make Seth Rollins a babyface ever again. Um, no. I was Great. I was ready to break my TV when they did that first DQ false finish. <laughs> yes. I, I was ready to break my TV when that happened, and then Kevin Owens goaded him into coming back into the ring and restarting it as a no disqualification match. And then Kevin Owens, I'm glad I'm I bet he's glad he got to jump off of something this year. I'd actually read <laughs> He had, he had done an interview saying that he wanted to jump off the pirate ship at Ray, at Raymond James Stadium. Oh my God, Jesus! Mm -hmm. Wow. All I know is I have to get this match. This is probably my top three or four matches of the whole WrestleMania. With this match was great. Them two guys. Oh, yeah. they were, 
Oh, it was, it was a great match. It was a great match. I'm just saying now I kind of hope they both move on to to something else because they drag, if they drag this thing out any further now that Owens has to win, it's not going to make – not going to make sense unless they're just going to have Rollins go just start mowing through people and just be getting revenge on Kevin Owens and up and have it where they do like maybe a false count anywhere match somewhere. I think those two guys could probably pull that off. A hail in a cell match with them would be incredible. Yeah. Well, well, we know Seth Rollins' history with hell in a cell match. So (laughs) I I think you should probably keep him away from those for a little while. True. Yeah. Mr. Get Hurts. So, next one. um, The amount of time we're going to spend talking about this match is probably going to be longer than the match itself was the Universal (laughs) Championship. uh, Worst match. Goldberg against what should have been Roman Reigns, but then very publicly, Roman Reigns, about a week before WrestleMania, pulled out, citing all his health concerns and you know i gotta say this is the one thing that did piss me off about this how could anyone be excited for this match with just the lack of build like wwe did yeah the laziest possible way they could announce that ron Strowman was replacing roman reigns they they literally put a graphic up for about 20 seconds on smackdown on friday night and then they they moved on and segment that's why I was, I was like why, why don't you do a build-up friday night do a, like a thing where stromy comes in and does something and goldberg you know just do something friday night but they mm-hmm. did nothing mm-hmm. and it was absolutely terrible and then the match itself you had two moves the whole match two moves you had four or five spears and you had three or four power bombs and it was over it's absolutely the worst match on the card bar oh, it- none Anybody that was expecting this match to go longer than three minutes had higher expectations than they should yeah. have. I, t- yeah. I timed this match from start to finish because I, you know, some of my friends we were watching it together, and I, I told them I said if it goes if it goes longer than three minutes, I'll take two shots of tequila back to back, and it went, it went two minutes and twelve seconds. So yeah, I'm glad so, Strowman got a belt. You know, again, you know, got the Intercontinental, he got this, but it was a it was a bad. It was a bad match. Was, but see, but you can see what they're doing though. You can. Everybody can see where they're going with this. They going. The Fiend and Strowman are getting ready to feud. I hope y'all see this. I hope you, everybody can see this right now. Who brought in Strowman? He started with Ray White's family. He was a cousin, brother's mama's aunt, something. That's where he come in at. Now I'm telling you, that's where the feud is going to be. Because seeing as he's got, he's getting a very good promo movie, Fast and Furious. Everybody knows that. So yeah. you know, we'll talk about that match later on. But I'm just saying, be ready for this. That's what that's what's going to be the next yeah. thing up. Get ready for that. I'm fine with that. What do you think, Ashton? Um, that certainly would is probably a possibility. Or they might do a slow burn when Roman comes back and have Strowman and Reigns fight fight again. But I could definitely, I could definitely see the fiend being, being that person. I just don't want them to sacrifice the fiend now, just to get the unless unless he's going to beat Braun Strowman and win the belt. I don't yeah. want to see them just feed him to Strowman so that Braun can get 
to Roman Reigns and, and lose the belt to Roman Reigns later on. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Thousand percent. So, next match, my personal favorite, probably a lot of other people's personal favorite from the weekend, The Undertaker and AJ Styles in a boneyard match. My number phenomenal. one match. Absolutely phenomenal. By far the weekend, best use of the Undertaker at WrestleMania since the CM Punk match. Uh, unique, totally ridiculous, and fun all the way through. Um, good way to give the American Badass another showing. I do have one one small nitpick with this with this match. So the point in the match where early on. Undertaker throws AJ into the grave, and then Gallows and Anderson show up. So the light shows on, then behind in the barn or whatever it was. Then the wall falls down, and then all these, I guess, druids come out. Um, Yeah. (laughs) If this was was a real mugging, all of them would have jumped Taker at the same exact time, not individually. That's my, my one little nitpick, and then... Michelle McCool was mentioned all throughout the buildup and did not did not make an appearance. I would have liked yeah. to see Michelle McCool. You know, she was personal. I think that's person. just a I think you just wanted to see her just to look at her, Ashton. I'm just being obvious. Can't <laughs> <Can't> really <laughs> blame him. Um yeah. But one the only thing that my only negative about the whole match was you know, like you said, it's best this is the best the Undertaker has looked in years in a match. Oh, yeah. They oh, played yeah. him. They've done this match perfectly. And I know it was pre-recorded. I know it, just like back in the day when Gold Dust and Roddy Piper done their backyard, it was film. Most of it was film, except for the finish in which they finished it in the ring. But this match showed the Undertaker what the Undertaker is. All three, like you said, the Trinity. Yeah. American Badass, you know, Taker one, and then coming back as – you know, take her again or whatever. But to me, it was it was just awesome. It was great. It made me feel good for Taker because the last couple of times he's been out, you know, it's been a terrible showing for him. Because bless his heart, he's old. Guys, let him, he's worse than Ric Flair right now. Let him retire. Let him go. Let him go out. This was a great match for him to end on. It was phenomenal. Just let him walk now. Let him walk. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. So that concluded night one, and I was very excited for night two after seeing that. So I agree. Night, night two, we start off with the NXT Women's Championship, and Kenny, I can mm. already boil Rhea Ripley against Charlotte Flair. Sloppy uh, ass beer by Charlotte. I did. I will agree with that. And I, I'm fan Charlotte. Um, solid match, but I'm on the fence about the winner. Um, Rhea is only 22 years old, guys. She can yeah. recover from this. She's got time to oh, recover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Charlotte Charlotte going to NXT, it gives her a slew of fresh opponents that, that she can face. I mean, you're talking Io Shirai and Chelsea Green and – you know, Zia Lee and Bianca Belair. Well, I guess now Bianca Belair is on Raw. Yeah, Bianca Belair is on, on Raw now. Um, but anyway, like I said, uh, you know, Kaylee, Kaylee Ray, Dakota Kai, um, Keegan Knox. You know, you've got a bunch of you've got a bunch of good opponents 
for Charlotte to face on NXT. I think I read the plan going forward is for her to do Raw and NXT going forward. Right. Um, and WWE needs more strongly booked female baby faces. And, and for Rhea Ripley, her losing feels like a little bit of a setback. Um, if properly booked over the next year, I'd like to see them do this, do this match again at WrestleMania next year in front of, in front of people and have Rhea go over in, in that regard. Um, I mean, it was, wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad match. No, there was a little bit of, a little bit of sloppiness there. I think, I think Rhea kind of oversold her, oversold her knee a little bit going, going throughout there. But I mean, no, no, she did not look. She did, did that was that. Me? Look, your knee gets slung over the top rope, and somebody grabs your knee and jerks it down, and it spring. That's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt. Go back and listen to those screams that she that she bellowed out there. Yeah, listen, someone, yeah. Look, listen, 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 both of y'all. Right, right. Listen, just listen. Charlotte Flair right now is the best female wrestler WWE has ever had in the history. Other company, bar none. I, that. I okay. will agree with you. the 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 people that's coming up. The one she fought tonight. I'm gonna tell you right now, she is the next superstar coming up. I love Bailey. I love Sasha. I love Bliss. I think she's too small, but she's a great worker. But Charlotte Flair is the mecca. She is woo the mecca. And, and let's be honest. How many times can we see her fight Becky Lynch on pay per view? Ain't that as, true? As, as seven more times. Uh, as much as I love both of them, I'm tired of seeing them fight. I, yes. I really. And Bailey put Bailey in there too. I'm tired of seeing them three. But 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 the thing is, uh, those three those three are the best workers WWE has. The best faces of the company they have around. And granted. They can go, man. Their matches are so good when those three get together. They are great to watch. But I'm like you. You can't. It's it's like watching Ric Flair versus Dusty Rhodes. You see it so much, you, you get kind of your stomach gets tired of seeing it. You just turn the TV and go do what you got to do during that match. I did see something a little while before we before we started recording. I mean, I don't know how true it is. I saw it posted on Facebook, but it said that. Uh, Rhea's uh, work visa has expired, and they're not sure when she's going to be able to get it renewed, so that might be a possible reason as to why she lost, too. Now, how true that is, I don't know, but it's something I saw before we started recording, so. Well, that's I, don't know. A, I don't know. If everything going on nowadays, I wouldn't, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't believe, you know, it's one of those things. I, I would advise you about getting your news from Facebook from now on. <laughs> I know. I was just, hey, I was just saying, I was just saying what I saw, Ashton, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so the next match, uh, another another throwaway match, Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley. Uh, Don't care. Don't care. The match, match itself was okay, but due to Lashley being in quarantine beforehand, no build, no heat. Um, WrestleMania matches should all have some build to them. Um, if and and now we see the the seeds are being planted now for Alana and Lashley uh, split. If you saw last night on Raw, they played. Oh yeah. His post match promo saying maybe it's time I need a new manager and possibly a new wife. So fingers crossed that they have a insane divorce segment that they like they had a, the insane wedding segment. Yes. I hope and pray they get rid of them two together. That's it's been a that's been a mess. 
I hated that storyline. I hated it. Yeah. Did y'all, y'all, y'all realize that they started off the last decade of Monday Night Raw with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels coming together for the first time in the ring since the Montreal Screwjob, and they ended the last decade with that train wreck of a wedding segment between Bobby Lashley and Lana. <laughs> this is an observation from me. That's awesome. Good. Hey, touche on that, buddy. Touche, Ashton. So, next one. One time for all the fat boys out there. Otis. Otis. My man, Big Otis. Handling this. Can y'all believe this or not? This was Dolph Ziggler's first WrestleMania singles match that he's ever had. I'm I'm not joking. Go and look this up. Really? He's, He's been in the company... 10, 12 years, and this was his first singles match. That and it guy, was a- he, he's amazing. Dolph Ziggler is probably one of the best Dolph workers Ziggler, WWE I love, has. I love Ziggler. He's great. Otis's Hulk Up with uh, Hulk Up comeback sounds. They're so weird with no crowd there, but they're, but they're hilarious all at the same time. Yes, um, I love Otis. That, the match itself was what it was, but how... How do you beat that, that storytelling? If they if they can provide this kind of storytelling for their main event talent like they yes. did for – I mean, no disrespect to Otis or, or Ziggler, but if they yeah. can provide that level of storytelling for their main event guys, what their ratings would probably look like now. Oh, that would be ridiculous. I did, I, did, I, did laugh, I did laugh like hell, like toward the end. they were com- When they were coming out, Otis is carrying Mandy Rose in his arms, JBL – pipes up on commentary. He's like, this looks like National Geographic. I did pop that. <laughs> That's awesome. So now, from now, we go from the penthouse to the outhouse. The last man standing match between Edge and Randy Orton. Last, that that match was great. Just, just stop. Both of y'all stop. It was great. It was just too long. No, it wasn't. That it match was, was great. That is the, the one match that they, the they didn't need a crowd. You didn't need a crowd. You didn't need a crowd. The lasted 35 minutes, and it was pre-taped. How did Vince McMahon or Kevin Dunn or nobody last week sit here and be like, okay, we can probably trim two minutes here, a minute here, 30 seconds here, just shorten it just a little bit. I, I'm going to no, tell you this. The match was great. They should have cut out the one scene where he was hanging in the in the gym. They should have cut that out. That that was, no, that was a little. No, the thing they should have cut out was when they were fighting inside the gym and they wrapped that rope around Edge's neck. Yeah. Did somebody in this company just watch the Dark Side of the Ring documentary? They put <laughs> that's the same thing I thought of right there. And they had the guy, they had the first responder on there talking about how they found him in the house and no. It's remarkably yeah. told that nobody thought yeah. this is probably not a good idea. I agree with you there, but as far other than that one spot in the whole match, that um, match to me was the second best match on the whole card. Behind, did you, did, did you guys? Did you guys hear? Well, you probably didn't hear the commentators because they were calling the match like they were calling the masters. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mentioned that to Cassidy while we were watching. I'm like, why are they whispering? Like, this was why are they whispering? Another thing I had on my notes here. Why is there a chain link fence on the ceiling of the conference room? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of liked it though. It was kind of cool. Did y'all notice that? 
Or was that just me? It's just weird. Um, I really, I really wanted to love this match. It wasn't bad, per se. The match was not bad. It just, huh. it carried on a little, a little bit too long for my liking. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, BJ. Kenny, you and I talked about this yesterday. The match began to break down when they went into that garage and they started fighting on the pickup truck and the ring truck and all of that. Um, no crowd there probably saved this match from being worse than what it was because if that match had gone on just like it did in front of people, they would have been booing it out of the building. No, no, no. No one edges. Man, this was Edge's comeback. They would not have booed Edge. They would not have booed Orton. Orton and Edge are are golden. They're not Bill Goldberg. They're not the Undertaker in their weakness. These two guys, they went. Edge went hard. Randy, I'm not, I'm not discounting that he worked hard. I'm not. I'm not discounting. There's no that way they're old. booing that match. There's no way they're booing that match. There's no well, way. Well, you put sixty thousand people around that match and go how it did, and wait till about the twenty-five minute mark. These people are going to be chanting yeah. in this match. In this match. No, no. Come on, guys. Come on. Yeah. Come on. She was a drug out a little bit. No, no. That, that was a great match. I have no problem the way they ended. Only thing I'd like to see is if, if if it would have ended in the ring, you know, with a uh, with a concerto in the ring instead of on top of the semi truck. That's, I mean, that's my only critique of it is end it in the ring with a concerto. Going into the match from when I knew that there was going to be no crowd, that was the one match that I thought, okay, going throughout the entire performance center, they can probably figure some stuff out and. Make yeah. this match make this match really good, but it, I'm sorry, BJ. It drug on a little bit too long for my liking. So, okay, touche. I agree to agree to agree. Before this segment drags on too long, uh, next, right. uh, <laughs> next uh, match, the Raw Tag Team Title Match, the Street Profits against Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Um, I have, thank God Dawkins was there to catch Monster <laughs> Ford on his dive. Because Austin Theory whiffed on that on Monday Night Raw the week before, um, you know, if it was, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that Street Profits were going to win, and yeah. you know, due to Angel Garza and Austin Theory just kind of being thrown together like that, um, you know, it was terrible. It was, it was an okay match. I mean, it kind of was. Oh, and it was terrible. They gave him too much time. The Street Profits though on the mic. Montez, he's he's amazing on the mic. Dude, they, I, they I, I, I have no problem with but that. But the match was the match was not as good. The as match it. was terrible. You know what I done during that match? I got up, went and used the bathroom, come back out, seen they were still wrestling, got me something to eat, seen they were still wrestling, went in the bedroom, talked to my wife, come back out, they were still wrestling. I went and took a pee again. Then finally it was over. I was like, yay. That match was terrible. It was it was almost as bad as Braun Strowman and, and Goldberg. All right, so moving on here, the <laughs> fatal five-way SmackDown women's match. Bailey defending the belt against Lacey Evans, Tamina, Naomi, and Sasha <clears throat> Banks. What are you talking, uh, why you want to talk about your girl? <laughs> why you want to talk about your girl? 
Well, Sasha Banks is the deal, man. That's Snoop Dogg's niece. Hey, I'm going to sit back on this one. I'm going to let Ashton take the floor on this one. Go ahead, buddy. Um, In my notes here, uh, actually, I have nothing really to complain about Sasha in this match. I mean, I kind of... I kind of tune her out like I do in all her other matches. Uh, oh my god! This is, uh, this is the time—the time of year that we're all reminded that Tamina is still employed by WWE. <laughs> yeah, I agreed. I agreed. Uh, Bailey, uh, Bailey had the insult of the night. You know, it was easier to hear with no crowd. Where she yelled at Naomi, she said, "You better run, you little dance machine." <laughs> um, if Lacey Evans can make all every punch like the one she put Ooh. on Sasha Banks look Ooh. that good, that move will get over for her big time. It's like oh, the big show. It's like the big show's right hand. Because when she hit her, I said, oh, my God, I think she broke her jaw. And she yeah. hit her good. Um, Structure-wise, I think this was the second best girls match of the weekend behind, mm-hmm. yeah, behind – the sharp behind the Charlotte and Rhea match. I agree a thousand percent. So, all right. Has anyone on this podcast ever done acid before? No, but I think we would go watch the Sunday night. But everybody did when we watched the Firefly Funhouse match. Okay, so uh, John Cena starts out on the ramp and then gets teleported into the Firefly Funhouse. WTF. They couldn't start start with him walking toward the house they did in the Boneyard match. Um, So then we start. So Bray starts. And I'm going to try my best to (laughs) describe what happened in here. I know (laughs) any description I give, it's not going to do it justice. You're just going to have to go and watch this thing. Um, Go to YouTube or go to WWE Network and just find this match and watch this match. And when you get done, you'll be like, what did I just watch? Because we yet to figure out what we watched. It was, I thought it was awesome. The way they did it was just, it was awesome. I popped just Nobody expected it. The SmackDown fist was back. The fist was back. Did y'all see that? Yes. The, the SmackDown fist was back. Um, The Saturday night's main event. Uh, that was yeah. great. Now, I mean, I I wasn't really, I'm not old enough to remember Saturday night's main event back in its heyday. Kenny, I, I don't think you were either. But B, but BJ, I mean, he's so old when they were when he was in school, they didn't have history. So, like, I mean, hey, buddy, <laughs> let me tell you. That's what I, t- I had explained to my son. This is great. My son said, "Daddy, what is Saturday night's main event?" I said, "Dude, you don't understand." I said, "Every once in a blue moon, I said that WWE and NBC they would not run Saturday Night Live on Saturday nights, and they'd have the Saturday night's main event would come on 11:30 on Channel Six here in Brunswick County, because." Used to, you'd get the Crockett stuff at 11.30 on Channel 3, where ABC was. But uh, NBC would run it, WWE, on every once in a and they called it Saturday Night's Main Event. And it was great. You'd come on 11.30, stay up to 1. You'd have Hogan. You'd have some great matches. But I never got to see the pay-per-views until it came out on VHS. It seemed like Bray was playing the part of Hulk Hogan and then uh, – John Cena came in lifting the dumbbells, playing the part. Not not exactly like Savage, but I think that was kind of the idea that they were going to. Yep. I, Bray was dropping a couple brothers here and there. Um, yep. Then then we switched from that to now Cena comes out as the Doctor of Thugonomics again. Or um, <laughs> starts uh, starts rapping on uh, 
starts rap, rapping on Bray, saying you're a you're a prostitute for chances and blowing every chance. I love that line. Um, yeah. And then they shift from that to the wrestle their WrestleMania 30 match, and Bray kind of pops up in his old attire and starts cutting a promo like he like he used to before he became the fiend. Um, and then they bring they bring back the the spot in that match, if you guys remember it from six years ago, where Cena had a chair in his hand and Bray kind of yep. knelt before was trying to goad him into hitting him. Yep. Um, Cena swings the chair, is... Bray, Wyatt, Bray Wyatt disappears, and then all of a sudden, this was the one confusing thing about the match that I didn't get. If somebody out there understands why they did this, please. please I know where you're going. Go ahead. Why was Bray Wyatt playing the part of Eric Bischoff in the ring on a, on a WCW Nitro set? That's what I was John, trying to figure out. What is out, this? John Cena comes out with the old big gold belt with the NWO sprayed on it and starts playing it like the guitar. And the only, I don't know. The only thing I can think about this, it just portrays the, the puppet and the puppet master, where Cena's the puppet. And he's pulling all the strings. Like, Eric Bischoff is the puppet master with Hogan pulling all the strings, you know? That's the only thing I could figure out. Because each one you look, he's like, he's the puppet master. And John Cena's the puppet. He makes him do what he wants him to do. That's the only thing I can get out of it. And then after that, Cena, Cena pounces on, on Bray Wyatt, starts wailing on him with fists left and right. And then all of a sudden, Bray teleports out again and then... John Cena is laying on top of Huskus the pig and <laughs> laying, laying into him. And then the fiend pops up behind him, hits him with the sister Abigail, hits the mandible claw on him. And then Bray in his normal Mr. Rogers outfit appears and counts the, th- counts the, the three. So Bray White was the, the referee the whole time in the match. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, like I said, this match was. It was crazy. I just sat back and just went, wow. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. The way they did it with what they had to work with, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I love Bray. I love Cena. This, this I, I, love I, I put the Boneyard match ahead of this one as far as yeah. likability for me, but this was still pretty enjoyable. Uh, WWE has some set of stones on them to try something like this on their biggest show of the year. Um I mean, having no crowd there probably probably helped it out as well too. So, I mean, we'll see where they where they go from here. Um, so finally, we get to the the main event here: WWE Championship match, Brock Lesnar against Drew McIntyre. A lot of the same stuff as the Goldberg Braun Strowman match. Um, not a technical masterpiece, not a match of the night, but. No. The coronation of Drew makes the moment. Yes. Typical, typical Brock Lesnar match. He don't get paid by the hour, folks. No, no sir. No. no, sir. And see, the thing, and of course, if you watch the Monday Night Raw, like we were talking about earlier about the selling thing, the man took, what did he tell you, what, three, three F5s? I think it was three F5s. Four, four, four or five. Four F5s, and then last night on Raw, supposedly 20 minutes after the match, the big show's going to come out here and challenge him at Raw. And when, I, when, when, I saw, when I saw that they were promoting some kind of breaking news regarding Drew McIntyre, I was like, okay, so somebody probably, they probably were interviewing him, 
maybe somebody debuted, maybe, I don't know, Undisputed Era is probably coming to the main roster or whatever. And and then all of a sudden I saw the big show come out and I was like, no, please, <laughs> you're not do it. I know and, he's got a Netflix show. I know, it's because he's got the Netflix thing. Exactly, it's the Netflix. That's the only reason. I was like, please, dear God, do not. Just because the man's got a Netflix show, do not give him this belt. Thankfully, they didn't. They didn't do that. But that match that he had last night was a lot more competitive than the Brock Lesnar match. Yes, from it was. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you now. The Big Show can move for that big of a man. That yeah. guy can move, and he can sell stuff so freaking good. He is phenomenal. He, he's he's actually a pretty funny. He's actually a pretty funny character. If yeah. you've ever heard him on commentary, he's a, he's actually a very good commentator. And I can tell oh, you too right now. If you haven't had a chance, go to the network and watch Broken Skull with Stone Cold when he does his interview with the uh, with him. Watch all of them. All of them are great except for Bret Hart because I can't stand Bret Hart. Bret Hart sucks. I can't stand him. But everyone that he does, that Stone Cold does, was great. But the one he done with uh, the Big Show and Paul White, man, that, that was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. So if you get a chance, watch that, fans. Final grade from all of us here um, from WrestleMania. Give it, give it a letter grade. Um, I'm gonna say a solid, solid B minus. I think this was probably the best possible outcome due to the circumstances that they could have hoped for. There was a lot more good than bad, and the bad wasn't wasn't so bad that we're all on here raging about what happened. Um, uh, one topic that I did want to ask, one question I did want to ask you guys. Um, two nights going forward for WrestleMania, do you think that would be akin to something that New Japan Pro Wrestling has done with Wrestle Kingdom? They split it up over two nights now. Um, do you see this as a possibility for WWE going forward? The only way they can do this is what most people, wrestling fans, probably don't understand, you know, if you're not a sports fan. Saturday night, they usually center it between the Final Four and the championship game. If the Final Four had been going on, this would have been a one-day affair. Plain and simple. Unless they change the date and drop it down a weekend or move it mm -hmm. up a weekend before the Final But I don't think they want to contend with the NCAA tournament. So they're going to, they either need to drop it back or just leave it like it is on a Sunday. But that's well, the main they, thing they did that. They did promote WrestleMania 37 is going to be in L.A. next year. And they did. They are saying that it's going to be March 28th next year. So maybe, maybe they're doing that to possibly try it. Yeah. Um, what you what you were talking about with the Final Four being the same weekend most of the time that is one thing to consider. But you also have to consider a lot of other independent promotions and all these like different wrestling conventions. Usually, I, they all flock to the the host city of WrestleMania yeah. every year so if you do wrestlemania over two nights then that's going to force everybody else around wrestlemania weekend to move their stuff say earlier on in the day mm -hmm. trying to find space to do it yeah and find enough substance of you know things for fans to do while they're there before they go to the big show that night and then also you've got also you've got nxt the that's what I was fixing to say was the NXT thing. NXT usually is that Saturday night before WrestleMania is NXT, and they have the WWE Hall of Fame usually 
the night before WrestleMania is the Hall of Fame and the NXT pay-per-view. And then you also right. have, like I mentioned, the other promotions like you know Ring of Honor and New Japan, sometimes they, they had a big show at Madison Square Garden last year on the Saturday night before mm-hmm. running the same time as the NXT show. So that's something that you got to, you kind of have to consider as well. Um, but I don't know. I think this, I don't know if this was just a one-time experiment and they just kind of did with it what they, what they had to do. But I, two, two shorter shows versus one long show. I'm all for it, but you have, I, to, I agree. <laughs> you really got to look at, you know, all the other happenings of the weekend yeah. to really exactly. and, and have have a good plan in place if you're going to go through with it. I agree. Remember, Kenny, you and I, we watched, what, what was it, two years ago when Undertaker was last match? And it, he, it took him 30 minutes to walk to the ring. Oh, my God. Me and were like, when's this thing going to end? It was like 12.30, almost a quarter to one before WrestleMania ended. And if you want kids yeah. and stuff to step and watch it, you've got to either go two shows. You've got to. You've got to go two shows or you're going to start at 5 o'clock and then let it run. Start it at 4.30, man. Started at 4.30, so I can beat a bed by 11. So, Kenny, what's your grade on, on, on WrestleMania, brother? I'll give it just a B, not a B plus or minus. Just, I thought it was, like Ashton said, I mean, there was there were some good spots and there were some bad spots, but the bad spots don't outweigh the good. Um, there were some things I wish done different, but that's why we all have opinions. Um, I thought it was, a, a for, for the circumstances of what they had to do, doing it over two nights, having to pre-film everything, um, jumping back and forth and every, I thought it was a great show. For, for what for what they were given to work with, I thought it was great. Now, would it have been better if it had been left alone and done the way it was? Probably so. But I think there's some of the matches that would just it would have been hard to do live, as opposed to the way they did them. So I, I give it a, I give it just a regular B. Me personally, I give it a C. Uh, honestly, I only got. Three matches that I really, really enjoyed. The rest of them were, there was just so much terrible. It was just, there was a lot terrible. The Lashley, the tag team champions. It, 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 you go on and on. You know, Baron Corbin, bless his heart, he did all he could do. You know, you had like four matches that was good out of a whole WrestleMania card. That's ridiculous. I know we in trying times and stuff like that, but WWE, come on. You got so many shows that you could build up on now. You got backstage, you got SmackDown, you got NXT, you've got Raw. You could have done some kind of build up to something. You'd had no storylines. You had like three storylines going in. That's it. Do better. You pay your riders. I know it's a bad time right now, but do better. Do better, WWE. I know you paid your riders to do something. Hey, BJ, know. quit mentioning NXT because you don't watch NXT. You can't That's mention it. That's terrible. Anymore. I got to tell you right now. NXT is that's the reason why they put Charlotte on NXT is because they need Charlotte, they need name recognition. Where was Finn Balor at, Kenny? Huh? He's so great. Where was he at? Oh, that's right. He can't wrestle no more because he's sorry. He's at NXT. He's stupid. You hush your mouth. Finn Balor's terrible. They had to bring Charlotte in to make it worth a crap. AEW is where it's at. That's where real wrestling's at. Watch it. Are you actually? CW fan, BJ? I am. I love it. I ain't lying. It reminds me of the NWA days when I was growing up as a kid, man. I absolutely love it. With Cody Rhodes and La Champion, Chris Jericho, man. It's just great. It's great. It's not the Champion no more. Uh, no, I know. It's Mox has got do, it now. But. I do enjoy tuning in to, like, watch you said, the Jericho stuff, Cody stuff, 
MJF. I'm a big MJF fan. He's that best dude heel is sick. Best, best heel in wrestling right now. Um, uh, I love love seeing Pac and Hangman Page and John Mo- John Moxley because I was you know I was a big fan of his when he was Dean Ambrose. Inner Circle, baby, for life. They're they're doing they're doing better than I think most people probably gave gave them a chance to do. Okay. Now this there's been great. There's been a lot of things on there that I can say, okay, this was pretty stupid. Like, they put, what's his name, Lance Archer, his debut match. I know against the dude that's smaller than me. He's like five foot five. Marco stunted growth. It's like this tall. (laughs) I agree. But, but, But other than that, though, man, what they got, and the way they are actually doing a great job with no crowd. They bring their wrestlers out and let the wrestlers watch and let them, you know, shoot, commentate, and stuff like that. It's phenomenal. WWE don't do that. They set their guys back. They don't have nobody out there. It's just stupid. AEW, I'm telling you right now, they're not going to be able to compete with the money from Vincent Mann and Raw and stuff like that. But I can honestly say to me as a North Carolina guy who grew up on NWA, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Full Warsman, it reminds me of that, and it's kind of nostalgia feeling. You know, I can actually watch the wrestling. I love them on the mic. They're they're ten times better on the mic than they are at WWE. I'm telling you that right now. There's only a couple people that can handle a mic on WWE. AEW, it's no script. Here's a mic. They're caught. And Sunday when they cut a mic, whoo-wee, they cut a promo, son. Mm. The, the promos, the promos definitely feel a lot more authentic on. On AEW, Kenny, you would know that if you actually gave them a chance. Hey, I I watch it. I, I've never said I don't watch it. I just I like NXT. I've always been an NXT fan. I like NXT, oh, but it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what AEW is doing with old WWE talent. Y'all are right. Y'all are MJ, right. MJF ain't WWE. Okay, okay, but you mentioned Le Champion, Chris Jericho, Cody okay. Rhodes, John okay. Moxley. Cody Rhodes quit. He quit. He was not – He WWE did not make him. He, he was, was buried hey, on WWE. He was WWE, right? Look, I don't have Star a problem Lord, Star-Lord, you really calling that a great name, Star-Lord? That's a push for Cody Rhodes? Come on, Kenny. Come on, uh, man. He used to hiss at people. He used Star-Lord's to hiss the Guardian people. of the Galaxy. That's a great name. Oh, my God. Star-Lord's in the Cosmic Key. <laughs> exactly. They had uh, him with the Ascension right before he quit. That tells you how to debut him. It's, it's crazy. So, guys, since we, we've talked about some wrestling now, now we're going to get into some, some other stuff, you know, because the majority of this is going to be WrestleMania because we told oh, you that Dana last Dana White bought an island. Dude, he bought an island so we can have some UFC pay-per-views. He bought an island. Top secret. All I have to say it, is – it'll, it'll be top secret for about 30 minutes until somebody finds it and shuts that down why well, and also he's also got a call into a reservation because they don't abide by any federal laws. They go by the law of the reservation, where all the casinos are. And he says he's either gonna do it at casino or he's gonna do it on the island. All I gotta say is my man got so much money he can buy an island. That's what you call stroke, cuz I can't buy a roll of toilet paper and he's buying islands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a strong flex at, the, at this point in time in society. Strong <laughs> man, brother. Flex strong, Dana White. Salute. <laughs> exactly. But did, did, did y'all, this was this was one thing I did want to mention too before we get into the more serious stuff. 
<laughs> Did anybody was any either of y'all watching the the I race on on Sunday? And did you happen to see what happened with Bubba Wallace? I heard you told me about earlier today. He rage rage quit. He rage quit. So basically, it was him, I think, and Clint Boyer. They were they were rubbing his racing, and Wallace Wallace's and and Boyer's car spun out. And you can, I think, Wallace was streaming it on his Twitch account, and he was like, "Okay, this is why I don't take this stuff seriously," and just disconnected everything and got out the car and <laughs> and walked off and was gone the rest of the time. So that, then, that made the and they dropped him the very next day. Now, all I got to say about that is they were looking for an out and they used this as a breach of contract to get out of that contract. That's all that is. They were looking for an out. <laughs> that's all that is, is they were looking for an out. Plain and simple. He'll be back in the car, and they'll have another sponsor when his all fires back up in June or July, hopefully. All this crap is behind us, and we actually get some sports to talk about. So, so we had the, so the Masters got, now has been pushed back to November. What do you guys think yeah. about that? I think it's going to be cool. I, I, it, I, I, it'll be – I'm I'm more – not so much for the golf aspect, but for like the turf aspect, because you know, everybody knows I, I work in the turf grass industry and how it's set up when they do it normally, as opposed, you know, six months later, how the course is going to look. That's what I'm more interested in, how the course is going to look and everything. I mean, I know it's going to look great because it's a master. I was going to ask you to that, being that you're landscape connoisseurs. But see, my, my question is, though, you know, it's going to be wetter. It's not going to be, unless we have an extra dry, usually November is wet. Yeah. You know, North Carolina and down south, it's wet. So I think you'll see people. I think you'll probably see the lowest scores that you've ever seen at the Masters, unless they make the rough 17 inches deep, like U.S. Open rough. Other than that, I don't. I just don't see how it's going. They ain't gonna be able to make the rough that way unless they put ryegrass out and turn air conditioners on. So they'll figure, they'll figure something out. I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, but the drafts in a couple of weeks, like a week and a half yes. away. So, fans, be prepared for that. Next week, me and Kenny's going to go in-depth on the NFL draft. So The Buccaneers be- got some new uniforms. The Falcons are going to be rolling out some new uniforms. They say, hey, I don't know. Ashton, you play fantasy football, buddy? I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Well, there's a guy that I follow on, on Instagram. His name is the Fantasy Football Prophet. I, use just, I just follow fantasy guys because there's a bunch of people out there just throw rankings out and stuff like that. So, I try to help them. You know, so, I follow them, you know, just – they can say, hey, look, we got a follower. You know, like we hope people will do for me and Kenny. Yeah. Kenny and I. This guy is top running back this coming up year in a redraft league. I bet you can't guess it. I'll give most of you a Wrong. Todd Gurley. How did you know? He said Todd Gurley is going to be number one back next year. Because you gave it away as it was going to be somebody that nobody would guess, and that's who nobody would guess because his knee's still messed up. And when he said, I was like, dude, you know, I don't mind following you stuff, but if you're going to put out some stupid crap like that, that's ain't even going to be a top five, a top speaking five round pick. Speaking of stupid crap, that's a perfect segue for oh, what Lord. I'm about to ask you, Ben, PJ. Okay, I'm here tonight, folks. I texted Kenny after I heard just the, the nerve. 
the absolute falderall, the verbal effluvia that came out of BJ's mouth last week when he, Are you talking about he said Vincent was a better quarterback than Cam? He uttered the words that Jameis Winston was a smarter quarterback to run the Patriots offense than Cam Newton. Now, yes. before, I, before I ask B- BJ. Yes, I'm listening. I want to hear you explain your reasoning behind that statement because the only okay. conclusion I have come up with today is because okay. that anybody would utter those words mm-hmm. is that they're being willfully ignorant or they're just mm-hmm. plain stupid. So which uh, one Which one is it, BJ? I'd okay. Well, let, let me explain something to you. All right, let me explain something to you. Cam Newton, he's a freak athlete. Agreed. He's a quarterback in a defensive end's body. Everybody agree with that? Also the most misunderstood player in NFL history. Just, just stop. Just stop. Like, let me get to it. So, you've got this freakish athlete. Okay? So, Jameis Winston has ran a pro-style offense from high school all the way through. Cam Newton, all they do is hike the ball to him. They can't explain him to how to read defenses. He has no clue. Yes, Steve Smith said it himself on NFL Network. Cam Newton has no clue how to read defenses. So what does he do? He drops back. He looks. He looks. And he don't know how to go to a second or third read. He's worse than Mitch Trubisky in in Chicago. He can't go to the second, third read. Cam Newton. But go on. He ain't had 30 touchdowns neither. If he did, it was by a freak of nature. He drops back, and all he does is, okay, oh, God, he's covered. Let me run. And then he takes off. He's a freak when he takes off with the football. He had 35 passing touchdowns in 2015, the year he won the MVP. So, wrong again. Keep going. Okay, okay. But my question is, he's been in the league this long. Okay, if he is such a great guy, if he's such a great quarterback, explain to me, number one, he gets released, flat out released. Nobody would even give a seventh round pick for him. He gets flat out released. Nobody's called him. I think a lot. I think a lot of that whole situation has to do with the coronavirus thing because nobody knows how he looked. No, listen, BJ, listen. Don't get on mad for a second. Listen, can't no, just like just like Tua Tagovailoa, can't nobody see the man. Can't nobody visit him. Can't nobody talk to him. So until until teams can can see what they got in him, they don't want to invest anything. I, I get it. I mean, it, if he's eighty percent of what he was, then before he got hurt against against the Steelers in that Thursday night game where he got his shoulder messed up by T.J. Watt, he was having a better statistical year than the year he won MVP. You know why? But, he threw it to Christian McCaffrey every time he caught the ball. Every time he we in the shotgun. Say hey, oh Christian, catch the ball and run. Oh, Christian, catch the ball. I could play quarterback if that's all I had to do. Receivers around him that fit more of his style of play. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are more guys that can, you know, go over the middle. They're too short. He overthrows everybody. He overthrows everybody. Before he he left, he was at a 67.5 completion percentage in 2018 before he sat out the last two games. And how many passes were over 20 yards? I bet you can look, you might find five or six were over 20 yards. That'll be he it. Was, 
he was averaging 7.2 yards per pass. Oh my God, 7.2 yards. Uh, hold on, hold How on. Many Christian, I bet you money Christian McCaffrey had the bulk of those. Now, most of those are going to be Christian McCaffrey duff offs, in which Christian McCaffrey makes a heck of a play and he's going galloping 40, 50 yards down the field because McCaffrey is a beast. So, so now you're now you're mad at Cam Newton for using what he has around him. No, no, I'm. If I'm, I if I, I was, was a quarterback and I had Christian McCaffrey like and Greg Olson, I would give him the ball as much as possible. Well, but now right. you're mad at the guy for doing that. No, but what I'm saying is, here's what I'm telling you is, the guy don't know how to read a defense. Had to throw the ball behind that trash offensive line that they spent no money in investing in the whole I time agree. that he was there. Hey, I've said the same thing ever since they drafted Cam and Kenny can vouch for that. They need to get off his line help in Carolina. I've told Kenny that from Jump Street. And I don't like the Panthers. You know, I pulled for a local team. Do what? I said, we've been saying that for years. You haven't been – you you missed the boat on that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is he can't read the defense. The guy cannot read a defense. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Jameis Winston is a better quarterback than Cam Newton because – Jameis Winston can read the defense. I know, I know you're going to look at a third interception, but his, his wide receiver come out, he don't even play for him no more. Chris Godwin said half of those interceptions were not his fault. He has no reason to come out and say that. No reason at all. Have you, heard any, have you heard anybody come out and try to defend Cam on his overthrows? Because, because of, I have a theory on this. Cam oh. Newton is – is a type A personality type of guy. Wears his emotions on his sleeve. So with that, he, he's human. He makes mistakes, okay? The most, un, most misunderstood player of all time, okay, takes hits like I've never seen. But because he is very brash and he, like I said, wears his emotions on his sleeve, with that comes a little bit more criticism. I guarantee you, you look at, you can put two pictures side by side, and I'm not even saying this, it's a black and white thing at this point, because I don't think it is. You can put a picture of Tom Brady and Cam Newton sitting on the field, you, looking you. and everybody will look at Tom Brady's picture and say, oh my God, what a warrior. He's putting it all out there for his team. He gave it, gave it his all. Look at Cam Newton's picture. He's so selfish. I'll ask you a question. Do you like pick that. the one you work you pick the one quarterback who everybody's gonna say that? You put Cam Newton though. Let's say, say that. Put Cam Newton, you put him next to Russell Wilson. I will be the first to admit that Cam Newton's biggest strength is not public speaking. So I agree. Russell Will Russell or public Wilson. Dress. Or public public address, and that's another point I was getting to. That's not Cam's forte. He's not that type of guy. He's never been that type of guy. I agree. And I think for a lot of his time in in Carolina, you got to remember, I'm in Charlotte, and I, I worked at that I worked at that stadium for yeah. a while. And he, for a long time, I've had people tell me this. He's had a lot of people in his ear a lot, Jerry Richardson specifically. When, when he got drafted, Jerry Richardson told him that he was to not have piercings or tattoos and remain, remain as clean cut as possible. And I think a lot of that has probably carried over to him where he's had people in his ear telling him, 
you need to act like you need to be this. You need to be you need to be that. I'm instead saying. of instead of just letting him just be who he just is. be himself. So maybe in that regard, I'm I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, yeah. I don't know what's going on in his head. Yeah. From that standpoint, he probably feel felt more pressure to probably abide by the rules that everyone was were saying to him. So, yeah, I get I get what you're saying, and I understand what you're saying, but a lot of that he brought on himself. If you look back, you got to look at his past. You know, and of course we all have past. We've all done stupid crap in our, you know, our lives. But you can look at him. It started with him at Florida. He stole some computers on probably the greatest town, most talented team there ever was. Out there, that Cam is actually the one that took the laptop. Even by the person that had the laptop stolen, has said that he cannot say that it was Cam that actually did. Well, did I, I agree. I agree with that. But he lost his scholarship. I have two, I have two theories on that. Okay, so oh boy. Theory one, the laptop was left alone and Cam saw nobody was there to claim it and he slid it into his bag. Definitely a possibility. He done Theory that with 10 computers? It was only one. It was only one. <laughs> and some and theory two is that somebody else stole the laptop, probably sold it to him for a dirt cheap price, and Cam being an unpaid scholarship athlete was like Okay, I kind of might need a laptop here. So someone's you, selling that. Listen, 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 hold on, hold on. You need to James stop that. stole oh. crab legs. We all know listen, that's true. Well, listen to this. Stop. When you talk about they don't get nothing, look, listen. <laughs> listen when you eat your dog. <laughs> listen to me. As far as they don't get, I have a my first cousin who was a scholars athlete who played D1 ball. His name is Chris Mintz. When you get there, you get a stipend check per month. You, they give you a computer. They give you a laptop to use for your classes because most of the time they're on a plane and stuff traveling, so they have to do their classwork on a computer and send it in and stuff like that. So he got a laptop. Where did he go to college? Who? Chris? He your went friend. to Carolina. Yeah, he went to Carolina, Chapel Hill. And transferred from Chapel Hill and went and finished up at uh, App. Okay. Okay. So if they can do that at UNC Chapel Hill, they can't provide. They. It sounds like University of Florida wasn't providing them anything. I know that sounds that sounds that sounds un- unbelievable, but come, come on, man! Come on, man! Come on, man. come on, man! Come on! At the man. end of the day, it don't matter what he did at Florida. I the agree. man is a stand-up person. And he's I, a good quarterback. And there is no other reason you cannot tell it's me terrible. that he is not better. He is he is better than over half the starting quarterbacks in the no, NFL right now. Not. No, he is not. Cam no. Newton at his best is better no. than over half the quarterback. No, Cam Newton is not. Would you rather have Cam Newton or Phillip Rivers? I would have Phillip Rivers. At this point in his career, give me Phillip Rivers. At least I can know for what. Here's the thing. If you give Phil Rivers time, he can check it down. He's got two or three. He could go through the re- – Cam Newton can't tell you if a linebacker's blitz unless he's sitting on the line of scrimmage, and then he's old guy's got blitz. And he goes to- oh, my gosh. I love you, Cam Newton, guys. I love y'all. I love y'all. Y'all make excuse. You worse than Duke fans. Oh, y'all, God. Cam Newton people are worse than Duke fans. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> Cam's whole career has been marred by trash narratives. His his in, entire career, okay. Cam is terrible. He's been criticized of everything from his celebrations to his smile. Yes, these folks around here were criticizing his smile. Okay? I don't get that. I don't understand that. But here's the thing. Okay, so you're saying, let's take Aaron Rodgers for example. He don't he don't get criticized. He definitely all over his back. Hey. Hey, Aaron Rodgers did discount double check. Nobody cared. Soon as Cam started dancing, everybody got on Cam's case. I will oh, say that. Cam tried to celebrate that one year, and everybody got. Why well, is he dancing in the end zone? He needs to play quarterback. But Aaron Rodgers and discount Rodgers, double check. Nobody cares. Aaron Rodgers takes a, a different kind of criticism than than Cam does. They, oh my God! Why, why are y'all? You, here we go. We're making excuses again. Plain and simple, the guys. If the guy was a good quarterback, cut and dry. If the guy was a good quarterback, he would already had a contract offered to him. He'd already signed a contract. And he'd already be on the team. San Diego would have called him right. That the only thing that tells me is Tyrod Taylor. This is all you need to know. Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than Cam Newton. What's no, that? I think what I think what the Chargers are doing is they're waiting to see who falls to them in the draft, and if they can draft somebody, they'll draft somebody. If not, after the draft, they're going to sign Cam Newton. That's my that's my take on the situation. If Cam does sign before the draft, it's going to seriously alter a lot of a lot of things in this draft. I still believe the top two destinations for Cam right now would be the Chargers or potentially the Dolphins. If oh, they're I... going, if they're, not, if they're not content on drafting another another quarterback in the draft, well, Miami is getting to her. That, that that's a foregone collusion. Unless somebody jumps ahead of him, Miami's gonna get two, and they're gonna keep Fitz Magic there to let him train underneath him for about six games, and let him learn some of that Harvard smarts, and then two is gonna take over. So, but that's what I'm saying. San Diego is the best spot for him. Plain and simple, he he would be great there. He would have actually have a chance. They got a decent offensive line. They got a really good defense, which he's had at Carolina before, and he's got weapons. He's got. Big weapons because he loves to overthrow people. He's got big weapons to throw the football to. But the question is, it says it all. He's not been called. He's not being con. He's not got signed yet. We'll see what happens. And I'm we telling, argue James, all day about Cam Newton. All I know is this has been fun tonight, fellas. I have yeah. thoroughly enjoyed this. Hopefully, once all this coronavirus gets over with, we'll get back in the studio and Ashton can come down one weekend or something and we can all get together and, and meet be awesome up in the studio. Do a, live, do a live one. Oh, yes. Do a call in. Yeah. Hey, so. you got my number. You have – it's been fun. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for uh, – you're welcome for me gracing you with my presence tonight. You need, hopefully, yeah, thank you so much. The great Thank you, you did really good, Mr. Sasha Banks. Really oh. good, Mr. Banks. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you. For the money in the bank pay-per-view, be prepared. We'll give you a holler back. Mr. Money in the bank. Thor Last of Sports and Ashton, we thank everybody for watching. Deuces. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see you all next week. Later. Later. <laughs>